On this channel, I like to talk about what's going on in the finance and economic world, and I also talk about personal investing. And today, I want to attempt to persuade you that you cannot predict the stock market. Now, to some of you, that may come as a relief because maybe you think, as an adult, you're supposed to have an opinion about this kind of thing. But some of you, no doubt, will hear me and not take it on board. I know this because I did it too. I take no pride in telling you that, in the end, you will agree with me. Okay. Um, let's just touch on what's happening in the world at the moment. The last month or so, there have been some very unusual activity in the repo market. This is a little arcane. Stay with me. I'm just going to touch on this. I don't think it's worth going into exactly what's going on in the repo market because I spent a lot of time thinking about it. I've read a lot of what uh, most of the smart people have had, have had to say about it. There are some good theories out there, but also no one really knows, including the Fed, and that should be pretty terrifying. But the main point is this. The Fed is adding a ton of stimulus to make sure that the repo market runs smoothly and also that year-end demand for cash by the banks is met. A lot of people have pointed out that this is very similar to what Greenspan did in late 1999 when everybody was worried about the year 2000. He flooded a market that was already hot. He flooded it with even more liquidity, and the market just really ramped into the year 2000. And so that gets me to my main point. What I mean when I say you can't predict the market is I mean using discretion to take short-term market positions. And I'm not saying that you should ignore whether or not the market is cheap or expensive or whether the trend is up or down, but that's different from taking a speculative position based on some anticipated short-term performance. So for example, that part I just said to you right now about what I think is happening in the Federal Reserve and the repo markets and liquidity, that doesn't, that doesn't encourage me to take some tactical position that I might be in now and enter in two weeks or four weeks or, or whatever. And so I get this question all the time, and I love talking about it. I love talking about this question of what do you think of the, about the market here? Do you own stocks? Should I buy this market? And various other questions that are really basically rooted in the questioner trying to determine the short-term direction of the market. So let's take a step back and just, and just think about something for a minute. If you want to be great at anything, you must learn from the greats who came before you. And the more you can learn, of course, the better. So if I think of the top 20 investors, I'm hard-pressed to think of even one of them who made his money because he was good at having an opinion about the short-term direction of the market, right? That's pretty incredible. And they mostly fall into one of two categories, either value investors or macro investors. There's some quant people in there, like Jim Simons, amazing, uh, amazing, uh, amazing man, amazing firm, amazing investor. Quants basically have thousands of positions, long and short the market, high turnover. They are not using discretion to determine short-term market direction, either up or down. Um, so if we just talk about really the other two categories, Warren Buffett, of course, is probably the most famous value investor, aside from maybe Ben Graham, his mentor. But value investing, at its most simple form, is buying a company at a discount to its intrinsic value. And then the latter part of Buffett's career, instead of trying to buy good companies at great prices, he bought great companies at good prices. So if he could buy a if he could buy a stock representing a company that was a great company 
at the same price as the market in general, then he was confident that that would outperform over a long period of time. Okay, but when he's asked about the short-term market direction, which he is all the time, he generally punts to a medium or long-term answer, right? He'll, they'll ask about what he thinks go, is going to happen the next month or two or five, and he'll answer with a 50-year answer or something like that. Usually, usually, okay? Other category is macro investors, right? Macro investing is very different from value investing. They'll have a thesis, they'll put the trade on, and then once the trade goes against them, they'll just cut it. And when the trade goes for them, then they'll ride it, right? The idea is cut your losses, ride your winners. This style of investing is extremely difficult even for professionals. I didn't spend my life as a macro investor. Obviously, I've, I've you know, studied a lot about it and talked to, um, talk to lots of people who, uh, who do, but it really requires a deep understanding of how to use leverage in different situations, how to, how to understand how all these different things in your portfolio are correlated. Like, for example, you know, how is the European equity market correlated to the New Zealand dollar? You know, all, the, all these things that you probably couldn't even think of. And so the discipline to ride winners and cut losses is something that takes years to master, if you ever could at all. And that assumes that your ideas are good and better than all the other macro investors out there, right? So guys that you've heard me mention before, like Stanley Druckenmiller, also like George Soros, as you've all probably heard of Lewis Bacon, just famous macro investors. are typically long or short, a broad, broad stock markets or credit markets all over the world, perhaps trading relationships between those markets, trading relationships between the instruments themselves, like curve flatteners, curve steepeners, etc., things that would be considered arcane to, to almost everyone. And even if you understand all those instruments and all those markets, believe me, that says nothing about your ability to systematically make money trading them. You've heard me mention Stan Druckenmiller before. If I see someone ask him whether he thinks the market's going up or down, I'm very interested in his answer. But I also know he's probably more often wrong than he is right. And if he says he thinks the market's going up and he's long the market, if and when the market starts going down, he's going to blow out of that position. And here's what I mean. Here's a clip from a recent interview. I'll post a link to the whole interview below, which is great. But as, uh, as he says, let's just take a watch. For now, um, betting on a, a benign economic outlook and a benign market outlook. But as you know, Eric, I tend to change my mind. So that's for today. Hopefully, it'll last at least a couple weeks. So I know that even though I heard his opinion on, let's say, December 18th, I also know that on December 19th, he may not have that position anymore, and he is not going to tell you. What the best macro investors do is really to manage their money so that when they are wrong most of the time, and they are wrong most of the time, they can still make money because they're trying to make a lot when they're right, and only lose a little bit when they're wrong. There's recently, I, I listened to an interview by Chris Cole, who runs Artemis uh, Capital Management's mostly derivatives and tail hedging, uh, but really interesting. I like to, to, to listen to him. He said that he spoke to one of the legendary investors in the original Market Wizards book. There was you know two or three of them. He wouldn't say which investor it was, but this investor said, the thing that people, the, the, the biggest thing that people get wrong about him is they think that he's right so much more than he actually is. 
And what Chris Cole said was that it's eight out of ten times this person said that he was wrong. Right? So that's pretty incredible. It really tells you that even the best macro investors are successful not because they've got the best opinion on what, the best prediction on what is going to happen, but that they're able to size their positions up when they're right and cut their positions when they're when they're wrong. It's a very different kind of investing. So of all the greatest investors, I can't point to one of them who was successful by deciding whether or not to own stocks because of a short-term view of the market. So my original point, you should have a long-term plan and you should stick to your long-term plan because you cannot predict the stock market. In my own story, I, so I told you in the beginning that I didn't, I've had this advice before that I didn't listen to. In 2006, 2007, 2008, I'd already been in the market for about 20 plus years. I was very negative on the market. Uh, the yield curve was inverted. A lot of the stories about how housing was going to go down I thought were compelling and I was prepared for the market to go down. And in 2008, that was great. But in 2006 and 2007, I was bleeding in those years. And those were good years. And it was very, very tough to hang on during those years. Then when 2008 came, it was, it was a pretty tumultuous and traumatic year. But from a por portfolio perspective, my portfolio did really well. I was prepared and I did well in that downturn. So OK, that's great. However, that tricked me into thinking that I was good at figuring out the short-term direction of the market. And then after a few years, right, market bottomed in March of 2009. By the time we're in 2011 and 2012, 2013, markets going up and up and up, I start to become much more negative on the market. And what I should have done was just focused exclusively on making great investments, right? But I let that be tainted by my broad view of the market. And I ended up losing a lot of money because I didn't own enough as what I should have owned because I had tricked myself into thinking that I could predict the short-term uh, direction of the market. It was a, it was a, a lesson learned, for sure. Uh, Jeff Gunlock, I'd like to show you this, has been showing this chart. So take a look. He calls it the chart of the year, he calls it. And what he points out here, let's look from left to right. In the late 80s was really the decade of Japan, right? The Nikkei peaked in 2009. And you can see, when you look at that purple line, that line to this day has not recovered where it was before, okay? So he says, okay, well, you'll see the point he's making this. Okay, so then follow on. Europe peaked, the green line. So Europe peaks, early 2000s. Also, it to this day has never recovered, 20 plus years later, right? And so look at emerging markets is the next, next peak. So you see the blue line and you see emerging markets ramping. Some of you might remember this. This was up until the last bust. Emerging markets were just screaming and it was the place to be. You had to be there. And then when the bust came, emerging markets got crushed and they still haven't recovered either. And so U.S. with a question mark. We will have a recession at some point. What Jeff Gunlock says, quote, in other words, when the next recession comes, the United States will get crushed and it will not make it back to the highs that we've seen that we're floating around right now, probably for the rest of my career is what I think is going to happen. Now, Gunlock is, uh, you know, um, I don't know exactly how old he is, but I would guess he's in his 50s, let's say, 
late 40s, mid to late 40s, 50s. So he's not near the end of his career, right? Is he right? I don't know if he's right. There's no one who's right 100% of the time. But what I do know is, whatever plan I have must consider that he might be right, that Gunlock might be right. And if he is right, then what happens to your portfolio? Does your portfolio survive if Gunlock, one of the greatest investors ever, if what he suspects will happen actually does happen? In conclusion, you should have a great plan and stick with that plan. I would encourage anyone who spends time and risks money punting around on the short-term direction of the market to spend his or her time more wisely. Don't forget to subscribe. Also, hit that little bell next to the subscribe button. That's the only way you'll get notified when I post a new video. Thanks for watching.